Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, and welcome back to the What We Said podcast. I'm Chelsea. And I'm JC. And if you guys, you know, are new around here, we haven't said this in a while, but I'm the brunette half of the podcast. And I'm the redhead half of the podcast. We wow. really haven't said that in a while. No, but, we haven't. And also, this is my voice. And this is my voice. <laughs> my, they're sounded, like my. <laughs> yeah, that actually did sound very similar when yeah. I said that. This is Chelsea's voice. And this is JC, the angel. <laughs> The angel. Well, we are recording this episode actually a couple weeks early. So we just wanted to give like a PSA. We're not quite sure. The election is this upcoming week. So I'm not sure what state of the world, it, you know, or what, what the state of the world is going to be like or our country in a week. But we just want to throw that out we're there. We're hoping we're putting good vibes out there. Yes. That's all I can say. And that's all we can do. So yes. <laughs> this today, this week, well, yes, but also today, we're talking about overcoming imposter syndrome and overcoming, you know, overthinking all the time and how to do that. And just giving you guys some tips and advice from two people who struggle with both of these things. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be really good. I was just reading a book that I've heard and it's been on my list actually, but I was looking up books about imposter syndrome or that kind of have to do with it. And to be honest, I didn't read much of it before this episode because it was like very last minute that we decided to actually record it. So but I did read part of it and it's called The Confidence Code and it's kind of geared, well, it is geared more towards women. And I feel like this whole episode is going to be geared more towards women because yeah. there's a lot of stuff in there. I'll share some of it, but it's like women just tend to doubt themselves more. Yes. And there's a lot and of- And overthink more. And overthink more. And there's a lot of like studies done that show that that's the case. And so I think it'll be interesting to dive into that. Yeah. And I think- the opposite of imposter syndrome and actually what I find the opposite of overthinking is, is confidence. Yes. So this episode is actually to, you know, help you gain more confidence. Yeah. Well, how, sh how should we start? We're, we're also coming into this. We just want to, sometimes it's almost unhelpful for us to come in with like a bunch of notes and we used to do that and like have everything we want to say because sometimes when we come in with a fresh mind and just like getting questions, that's when we do our best work. That's yes. when like our, you know, intuition is at its height because we're not focused on like, oh, what did I say in my notes? And what did I, I mean, we did take notes, but I feel like we used to be focused on that. Like you said, we would have not a script at all, but just, yeah, more talking points. And we would yeah. go through the list and it would almost be stressful. Like, oh wait, I need to say this talking point, And then you can say that. And now 
I feel like this year we've really found a groove with our podcast and we just like it to be more effortless and fun and just casual casual conversations. Totally. So I I agree. I think it's way better when we do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, well, I don't know. We can, I was going to say, should we say what imposter syndrome even is? Because someone was like, wait, what is that? I should look up the definition. I know. I actually had the definition and that's what I was looking for, but I don't know if I actually wrote it down, but go ahead. I'll read it. Imposter syndrome can be defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. Imposters, quote unquote, suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. Hmm. I've experienced this so much. Yes. And I've, I've used this example before. But it's an example that comes to my mind because it was a physical, I don't know, let me just give it the example first. So my management had me go to New York like two years ago or last year and do a bunch of meetings with different brands and agencies. And as I'm like catching cabs through New York and going to these meetings and I'm like with these groups of older people, much older than me, and I'm sitting in these like boardrooms, I would have these moments of like, what it, what's going on? What am I doing here? I felt like a complete fraud, even though I don't know. It's like, I do believe that I deserve, you know, the success that I've gotten, I guess. But in those moments, I'm like, why am I here? You just feel like a fraud. I don't know how else to explain it. And and it also is not only, you know, in the moment causing you to be like, oh, I'm doubting myself, but it's more of an anxiety for the future too, because you always feel like the shoe is going to drop at some point and and you're going to be found out. Like that's the, that's what's so, you know, anxiety causing about imposter syndrome is you have this feeling like at some point I'm going to mess up and they're going to figure out that I was not, you know. All that I'm cracked up to be. Exactly. Well, and I think another thing that I've done a lot that I read about in this book was they were saying a lot of women will attribute their success to luck. And I've said that so many times. Like I'll always just be like, oh, I just think that I got started at a really good time and like, I'm just lucky you know, with social media and stuff to build it to what like it is for me right now that I can do it full time and whatever. And then when I was reading that, I was thinking, because I do, I truly do believe there's an element of luck involved in certain, you know, aspects of things. Like, you know, I was in the right place at the right time in certain scenarios, but I was thinking this is a combination, this is a culmination of like 10 years that we're looking at right here. Yeah. It wasn't all luck that- I'm, you know, that we're doing this podcast, that we have multiple businesses or whatever. There's something to be said for that. And I'm like, I should celebrate that more often Mm -hmm. and not just be like, oh yeah, when people compliment me, like, oh yeah, I was just, I got lucky. I started at the right time. I'm like, but I've also worked really hard for years to like, you know, make this business happen. Well, it's almost more opportunity than luck where it's like, you can say like, I'm blessed with the opportunity to do this. And that gives it more of like an empowering feeling than like, oh, I got lucky and I hope I don't screw it up. Yeah. When it's like, you know, even starting the podcast, it's like, or like you were saying in those meetings, it's like, when you think, when you just switch your wording up in your thoughts, like I'm blessed to be working and like to have this opportunity where, you know, luck, maybe a little bit of it where it's like, again, everything is luck. Everything is like, you can't control some things. And some people call it luck. Some people call it fate. Some people call it whatever. But when you switch up the wording, then all of a sudden you're like, I'm so blessed to have this opportunity that I'm ready for. Instead of like, I'm lucky to have this again. I hope I don't screw it up. Yeah, exactly. It goes back to that quote that says, luck is when opportunity or what is it? Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So it's like all of these things come into your life 
but you have to still act upon them. Yes. Like all of these, you know what I mean? All yeah. of these opportunities that come into people's life, if they just let it pass them by, then nothing becomes of it. It's like you have to act upon things to make things happen. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like a lot of people experience this in all different aspects based off of the questions people were asking. Yeah. It's not only in their careers, it's in their relationships. Yeah. When it's, you feel this, someone said what to do when you feel undeserving of good things, which is again, the epitome of imposter syndrome. When you feel like you're not deserving of it again, like you're feel like you're going to get found out. And if something bad does happen, if you do mess up, that feels like that's who I am. Yeah. It's like, oh not yeah, this good thing that I did. Right. And I think I felt that a million times. I'm sure you felt that too, where it's like, you succeeded and you did something really good. Even even our courses sometimes. Like our courses will do so well. And I'm just like, I have this like imposter come in where I'm just like, okay, well, maybe not next time. Like this time we got lucky. Yeah. Like, you know, and next time maybe it won't be as good. Or like, phew, I made it past that one instead of like, I knew I would do good. Right. It was like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> you know, dodged another bullet instead of looking at it as, again, like an opportunity that I not took advantage of, but that you <laughs> like deserve. people I took advantage of <laughs> that no, you deserve. Yeah. And, and took the, you know, what is, what is that word? I'm looking at initiative to mm-hmm. do something mm-hmm. and succeed in it. Fun fact, actually really, really sad fact. Blue light damages our eyes and leads to digital eye strain. Some symptoms of digital eye strain are blurred vision, headaches, and dry, watery eyes. Nobody likes that. For some, this could even cause heightened anxiety, depression, and low energy. Just all around a no from us. That's why we're really excited to tell you guys about Blue Blocks. And you've seen it recommended on our fall favorites list. They're so cute and we love them. So Blue Blocks was created to fix these problems and block out the blue light with evidence-backed high-quality lenses. I use these when I play Xbox late at night with my siblings. We've been playing a spooky game, um, even though Halloween is over. But I notice when I don't use them, I'm squinting a lot. And when I go to bed, sometimes I wake up with like red eyes. And that's going to be a no. So we love our blue blocks. I, as you guys know, work on my laptop, my phone literally all day. So I feel like if I do not have blue light glasses on, I get way worse headaches mm-hmm. and just like my eyes hurt. It's like you're saying, you are you feel like your eyes are just strange so much. So unlike other types of blue light glasses, blue blocks are backed by the latest science and made under optics laboratory conditions in Australia. The founders were unhappy with the quality and lack of science behind leading blue light blocking glasses brands. Blue blocks was created to change this with high quality lenses for daytime, nighttime, and for color therapy exactly in line with the suggested peer-reviewed academic literature. Blue blocks can also turn any pair of glasses into custom blue blockers. They simply take your existing glasses and fit them with their lenses so you can have the peace of mind of knowing your blue blocks will fit you correctly and you have the pair that's right for you. Also, Blue Blocks is giving back by working in partnership with Restoring Vision in their Buy One Gift One campaign. For each pair of Blue Blocks glasses purchased, they donate a pair of reading glasses to someone in need, which is absolutely amazing. So get your energy back, sleep better, and block out the unhealthy effects of blue light with Blue Blocks. Go to Blue Blocks today and get free shipping worldwide and 15% off with the code what we said. That's B L U B L O X.com and use the code what we said for your 15% off. Someone was asking about toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. And I haven't done much, much research on that concept, but I was talking to Leif recently about how I feel like, well, first of all, what are your thoughts on that? On toxic positivity, you think that that, that exists? I mean, I don't know what people define it as. I've seen a little bit about it, but I think some people will say certain things are toxic if they're very fragile to it. So it's like, there are times when you can be um, dismissive to somebody's feelings 
And, you know, maybe they can consider that toxic positivity, but I think that's a dumb name to put on it because mm-hmm. positivity is not toxic. Those that's, are two that's separate what things. I was saying to Leif, I'm like, that phrase just gives me such bad feeling because I feel like it should never be considered toxic to be positive. Yeah. And like, I guess I think people are saying in the midst of, you know, certain things, people are still remaining positive, like that's toxic. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. We need to do more research about what that term even means. But I just feel like the world needs, especially just right now with everything going on, we need positivity and hope. Yeah. And I I really don't like when people are like mad at people for being positive in situations. Like they're just— The the best way to get good things done— is to be positive yes. and to not be negative. As soon as you are negative, that's when, again, we're going to get into overthinking happens. And that's when panic comes in. And who, tell me a time when panic really worked out for somebody, like really well, you know, except for in complete luck. Yeah. <laughs> but most of the time, people don't do their best thinking, therefore do not, you know, the best results do not happen from panic. Yes. They and, result from clear thinking. And there are obviously times when I understand that, you know, circumstances where people will slip into negative thinking. I'm not saying like, you know, if you just got a diagnosis, like, well, yeah, you got to be positive. Duh. Maybe that's yeah. what people mean by like toxic positivity. Maybe, maybe people mean other people being positive for, for them, them when they're not feeling positive And it feels, that's what I can see being hurtful. Yeah, I get where that. Where it's like, you know, dismissive to their feelings. Like, oh, it's okay. It's all going to be okay. It's not very, it, it's not um, empathetic. Right. And so that could be toxic to some people where it's like, okay, you're just like act, you just completely ignore all my problems. And yeah, this is what it says. We define toxic positivity as the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. Yeah. I guess that's kind of just being not empathetic is what that comes down to. Yeah. I was going to say the best formula for positivity in my mind, like how I think of, and we, again, we had an entire freaking episode about the power of positivity, Yeah, but is when it comes to situations like that with a certain person, if they are going through something hard is to not go to them and be like, well, well, look at the bright side, look at this and this. It's, it's listening, taking situations one at a time. Yes. Like that's, what's going to make a better world than trying to generalize everybody negative or positive. Like right. everything's horrible. You guys, everybody like yeah. telling everybody that and also being like everything's good your problems don't matter like you know yeah you it, don't matter kind of thing it's like that that also is not great but taking a situation one person at a time listening to them actually trying to put yourself in their position and see how they would feel and then working with them from there yeah i agree instead of being like oh yeah i've heard this happen yeah no you're going to be fine yeah it's like okay you yeah. just completely invalidated my <laughs> you feelings. didn't hear me out yeah i get that for sure but going back to imposter yeah syndrome. sorry literally no no i thought that was good not even it does the imposter thing i'm like i'm sorry i'm not good enough <laughs> i'm like that was <laughs> luck but <laughs> um can i say something else that was in yes. the book okay so they were saying that first of all Guys usually brush things off. Again, this is a generalization, but this is just studies that they've done and stuff. Guys usually brush things off more quickly. And they gave the example of male athletes will cuss each other out and then they'll just forget. Yes. They'll forget about it. That is the mystery of men to me. Yes. And same with guys. They'll have like a, a fight and then it's like not a physical fight, but even just like they'll yell at each other or something. And then like next day they're like, bro. And it's like, what? Yeah. And then I was pondering on this and I was thinking, 
this to me actually makes a lot of sense. If you, if you consider that men are more like that, where they are kind of just more quick to forget. And it's just like, oh, it's fine. Not a big deal. It makes sense why they would kind of take things less seriously or be more confident because if they mess up, they're like, eh, it's the end of the world. Whereas Mm -hmm. women generally think of it as more of a big deal. So it's like, you don't want to say the wrong thing. So it's like, if I mess up, like I'm going to be embarrassed for a while. I'm going to take that with me for a while. Whereas men are just like, again, kind of quick to forget with those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So they're more likely to appear more confident because if they don't care as much if they mess up. Exactly. That makes sense. It's not as heavy for them when they mess up. Oh, and that's like, I just want to get into overthinking because every time we talk about imposter syndrome so far in the first 15 minutes we've been talking, everything goes back to overthinking. Like yes, even with girls and when they get in like little spats with each other, it blows up into a huge thing and they don't talk to each other for years. I know this because I've watched Vanderpump Rules and it's like the guys will literally do the worst of the worst to each other. And then the next day, like you said, they're like, hey, bro, what's up? Like, let's go to Hawaii together. And the <laughs> girls will literally like not talk to someone if they've heard them say one offhand thing. Yeah. And I've tried to sub- like consciously not do that and not overthink things because I don't know if you have this problem necessarily because I think we've talked about it a little bit, but like after a social interaction, like after, you know, I'm with other people, especially people I don't know very well. And I'm acting like I'm just trying to be myself, like whatever. And maybe I think I like will be too loud or be too crazy or be too whatever. And then after the event, I'm just like, or even sometimes when I'm talking to people, I'm like trying to overanalyze everything they're doing, read on their body language that I don't even necessarily hear what they're saying. I'm trying to read the Read the room. Underlying tones, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then afterwards, I'll be like, oh my gosh, like I was just like way too loud. I talked way too much. Like I did this and this. Like this person's going to hate me. Like this person, I saw this example on TikTok where they were like, you overthink if you go to your friend's house, you pick up her dog and you picked it up kind of weird. And then <laughs> then you're like, you go home, you're like, does she think I hate her dog? Like, does she think I'm not going to like her dog? She's never going to want to be my friend again. And it's like, as <laughs> it's like as silly as it is, that's literally what your brain will do. Like it will just go into overload and just tell you these things. And I've had this experience so many times when I'll leave, you know, social events or like parties or whatever. And I come home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I just talked way too much. Like, I can't believe I said this. Like, I'll think of this one sentence I said, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I can't believe I said that. Like, I wish I could fix it. And I'll just like obsess over it for the next day. Do you do that? Really? A little bit. I would say it's not something that overtakes, like it's not something that happens a lot, but I've definitely had that where I come home and I'm like, I hate that joke I made. Yeah. Like that was the <laughs> dumbest joke. No one thought it was funny and yeah. I'm mortified. Yeah. For like, I, there was a one joke that I made or sentence that I said, I can't remember right now, which is a blessing, but I remember, I would randomly remember it like once a year. <gasps> I, I, there's nothing worse and than I'm that. And I'm just like, and it wasn't even that bad, but I just remember being like, that is so cringy. Yeah. I hate that I did that. I hate that I said that. And what did in you that do? Way, no, I genuinely cannot remember oh, right now. Oh. I think it was when Leif and I were dating and we were with people or something. I oh, genuinely, I, I would tell worst. you if I could remember. Yeah, I truly would. It's the worst when you're with people you you like don't know at all. Like first or second time meeting. After like a while they know you, it's like, and, and you know you're going to see them again. It's like, it's fine. Yeah. But even then sometimes, but but with new people, you're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see you again. And that's the impression you yeah. get of me. Like me make, sing, saying this or just like being way too loud or like just being crazy and saying something kind of, even like when people don't get my humor at first, I'm like, huh, then I'll say something. And it's just like, people give me this weird (laughs) look. And I'm like, I go home and I'm just like, oh my gosh, they probably think I'm 
so mean. And I was kidding. And then I'll like try and make it up by being like overly nice. And then I'll go home. I'm like, I was like way too over the top. Like I was, I tried to like make it up for it, you know, and just be like overly nice to try and make up for the mean joke I made about him. Oh no. I I truly have experienced that though. And I'm like kicking myself that I can't remember. Again, I'm kind of glad I can't because it proves that I've like put it past me. Yeah. But I remember like, I would literally remember it like every few months and I'd just be like, kill me. Yeah. I remember even from a young age one time, we had a babysitter over and we were watching a movie and I I think it was 101 Dalmatians and like something happened and I got so excited and I was like, puppies. And I, I like made a big something. I don't know. I was like jumped up and down and my babysitter and her friend like started laughing, but like looking at each other and not at me, like not laughing with me. And I literally still remember it to this day. Like I remember thinking like, I was mortified. I was just like, that was so embarrassing. Like, why did I do it? Like, looking back, it wasn't embarrassing. But I was like seven or something. And I just remember being like, I'm an idiot. Like, like these never cool again. teenage girls just think I'm like some like little, like puppies, like whatever. Oh, <laughs> see things like that. And it's like, why does it matter? And also to make everyone feel better, like even as an example, like I've never thought any anything you've said where I'm like, I go home and I'm like, that was so dumb of JC to say that. Like, no. I can't believe she said that. And I'm sure you've, I'm like, I'm like have you thought yeah, the same thing? Well, <laughs> no, I have not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, nothing no one sticks else. out in your mind like that exactly. about other people. Unless it's like, they say the meanest thing you've ever heard. Yeah. And, like, a, and unless you're actually like a toxic, crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> where you're just like really mean to people. Oh, but when this episode ends up being just bad feelings. I'm yeah. Like, I'm oh, like, I'm, I'm remembering everything. <laughs> It's all coming back to me. Remembering all the trauma. We're going to take a quick little break to tell you guys about our sponsor for today's episode, Curology. So make sure you guys stick to the end because we do have an exclusive offer for you. I have struggled a lot with acne. I've talked about this on my YouTube channel, on my Instagram, and specifically on my chin and my T-zone area. A few years ago, it was the worst it had ever been. And I actually tried out Curology and used it for over a year. And this was one of the main things that helped to treat my acne. I have recommended it to so many people. I truly believe that it helps and works. So I'm very excited that they're a sponsor for us. And whether you're trying to take control of acne or if acne is no longer your top skin concern, like something like fine lines, dark spots, occasional breakouts, or clogged pores, Curology will customize a prescription formula with three active ingredients picked for you to tackle your skincare needs. Personally, I'm currently targeting my fine lines from years of sun damage as a lifeguard. And I've noticed such a big difference over the last couple months using Curology. So this is how it works. To get your treatment plan, you start by answering questions online about your skin, sending in a couple selfies to Curology. Next, Curology matches you with a licensed dermatology provider who gets to know your skin. And if it's a good fit, you'll get a customized prescription cream to address your acne, fine lines, dark spots, and more. Then Curology sets you up with a personalized treatment plan and it ships right to your door. It is so simple too. I love it. I have like a cleanser and then I have a serum and the serum I only put on at night and then the moisturizer, which is, the moisturizer is my favorite. It's so, it makes my skin feel so smooth. Um, And my skin seriously has been so clear these last couple months and I tend to have more oily skin, but I've noticed a better balance of oil production lately. Like, and especially in LA because the weather is like, one day it's winter and one day it's so hot. So I've really appreciated that. Take control of acne, dark spots, breakouts, or whatever your unique concerns may be with a powerful skincare treatment made for you today. Go to curology.com slash what we said for a free 30-day trial. You just pay for shipping and handling. That is C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash what we said to unlock your free 30-day trial. See curology.com for all the details. Wait, I wanted to read because I did have like 
a little thing about overthinking. It says overthinking is destructive and mentally draining. It can make you feel like you're stuck in one place. And if you don't act on it, it can greatly impact your day-to-day life. It can quickly put your health and total well-being at risk. And I thought that was interesting because we, and we've talked about this before, but your stress levels, like that's something that's going to cause you stress, have such a big impact on your physical health. Like I always tell people like my number one weight loss tip is to get rid of stress more than anything else. Like your number one tip for everything is to reduce stress. That's like one of the main thing I work with my clients on is reducing their stress and like getting them to live in the present more because that will build up and like hold on to so much physically. So it actually does. It's not just like, oh, I overthink. (laughs) It's like, oh, that's actually causing you probably a lot of physical, mental, you know, stress, which is very draining. Yes, it is very draining. And I 100% believe that it manifests in like physical ways. I swear that's the reason I have neck problems because I carry so much tension. I'm always so tense in my neck and my back. And I feel like our society kind of glamorizes being busy and stressed a little bit. Yeah. Start, I feel like it's starting to not be as much that way, but especially being, you know, the type three that I am, I will feel that sometimes where it's almost like if I'm not stressed, I'm, I'm not like, doing wor- enough. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm like, um, I should Same. be doing I more. I get that way too sometimes, actually. You do? I'm like, you've rubbed off on me. <laughs> <laughs> You're now a three-wing four. <laughs> yeah, I totally feel that because I just feel like, well, if I'm if I'm just chilling, like floating through life, like I'm not doing enough. Yeah. But like if I'm having a fun day, sometimes yeah. I'm like, I'm what am I missing? Like yeah. I'm not doing something right. I, I know. Isn't that sad? Way. Yeah, it's sad. I'm learning to be more okay with it though. Yeah. To be actually okay with just enjoying life mm-hmm. and not being so stressed all the time. I want to share one more thing about the imposter syndrome yeah. thing. So they did a study where they in this book, The Confidence Code that I was reading, they were telling about this study where they gave male and female college students a pop quiz on scientific reasoning. So before the quiz, they asked them to like rate themselves on- I already know where this is going. Their scientific skills. And then, so, you know, they rated themselves, whatever. And girls rated themselves, you know, like, I actually don't remember the numbers, so I'm going to make them up. But it was something like a five out of 10. And then the boys rated themselves like a seven out of 10. Of course they did. On average. (laughs) And then after they got done with the test, they were asked to rate themselves on how they think they did. Same thing. Like girls were like four out of 10. Boys were seven out of 10. And then they performed about exactly the same. And so they were just showing like women always devalue themselves and always, you know, just, it's almost like you're playing it safe. Like, oh, I think I did bad. So that if you did, it's like not embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Whereas guys are just like, yep, seven out of 10. Like, I think I did really good. Yep. And then you both actually perform. Yes. We always feel like we have to give disclaimers, I feel Mm -hmm. like. Yes. I even have noticed this about pickleball. When we'll go play pickleball, like all of the wives, especially when you're newer, it's like they automatically are like, I'm bad. I'm really bad. Yes. And the guys can be worse. And they never say worse. Yeah. And and like guys can be, you know, not great at it, but they don't necessarily even care. And they're not going to put a disclaimer. They'll just play and play. And however they play, it's whatever. But girls will always say, like, I say that all the time. Oh, so. that's what I'm, I was going to say. I'm really bad at that. Yeah. I always, and another thing I was going to bring up is like apologizing for things, which is yeah. kind of the same exact same. thing. Like, Every oh, time I'm so sorry. Point, I'm like, sorry, Nick. He's yeah. like, stop saying sorry. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know. I feel like I do that really bad. And I was going to say, we should implement that tonight when we play pickleball. We okay. should try not to say, I'm sorry all the time and try not to be like, oh, I knew that was going to be bad. Like, oh, it was just a bad hit. Da, da, da. Yeah. Literally. I swear the boys don't even say a word. No. And we're the ones talking the whole time. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we suck. Oh, yeah. I'm so bad. 
Like, I know. We just got to stop because that, again, gets in your head. It gets in your head. And we're so into like positive yes. positivity and being, you know, attracted to the things you want. And then we're like, we suck. Oh, yeah. I knew we'd miss it. It's like, yeah, literally. Just, I, I'll always say, I'm like, I knew I was going to miss it. Yes. The second it hit my paddle, yes. I'm like, why? Why did I know? I probably missed it because I thought that. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. This is a fun little game. Have I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but what is it? Um, me, Nick, JC, and Leif, and I think some other people at the beach with us when I was talking about this, but how I sometimes will like when I'm around men, because I know this, that they get almost the opposite of what we were just saying. Like pretending like I'm really good at things that I know, you know, <laughs> in the back of my mind, I'm just like, I'm not. But I've kind of started to do it, you know, consciously more now where I'm like, I'll say, so if guys are, for example, did I, did I tell the story about the Newport Island on this podcast? Uh, I talked Catalina so, Island. Yeah. Just say it again. Cause okay. I'm sure they don't remember it. If- so we were at the beach with Nick's friends and <laughs> we were on Newport, Newport beach and Catalina Island is I think 50 miles away mm-hmm, from the beach. Something like that. But it, to be honest, it looks close. It looks closer mm, than, than it, it doesn't looks look far. close, but it's, yeah. It doesn't look 50 miles. Yeah, it doesn't that's look for sure. I, th- you know, to me, I'm like, maybe that's two miles. Maybe that's three miles. I have no clue. Two miles. I'm like, I have no clue what I'm a mile screaming. looks Actually, like. Actually, that's you know kind of I mean? me too. Oh like, yeah. I'm, I'm bad with that. Though. I couldn't tell you if there was like a mountain, how far away it is. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if it's a hundred feet or, okay, not really a hundred feet, but yeah. you know what I mean? I literally just did. I'm like, I'm really bad with that. <laughs> I, I will never be good as, as good as men. With, <laughs> at directions. With directions. So we're sitting there on the beach and I don't know how it got brought up, but we were saying like, I wonder how long it would sw- like take to swim there. And I was like, I could probably do it. And Nick and his friends just die laughing. And they're like, yeah, right. And I'm like, I bet I could do it. And they're like, Chelsea. And Nick was like, Chelsea, are you kidding me? <laughs> He's like, that's so far. He's like, literally you would die. And I'm like, I would not. If I, if I trained enough, I bet I could do it. And I had someone like in a boat next to me, I could do it. And, and I was like being dead serious. And I could tell that it started to kind of make him mad. And so I was like kind of fueling me a little bit. And I was like, no, I could do it. And they, I don't know why, but they were like trying to be like, no, you can't. I promise you could not do that. And, and it's, it's like, like why? Exactly. Why? And that's in my mind is when I was like, why go around life saying you can't do things? Even if I never tried to do that, which I obviously won't. And we looked it up and only three people <laughs> in the entire world have done it because it's literally 50 miles away. But like, why go around saying that you can't do something if first of all you're never going to try so what's the why, point why think you can't do it and instead of thinking you can do it and that and I realize that's literally how guys think they'll be like oh, I could do that yeah it's like okay why can't we do that exactly so if it's like something you know it's 32 miles yeah I'm like okay we can do that I'm like, okay <laughs> I think I could do that <laughs> but even um like surfing or something like that I'm like I think I could be good at that yeah it's like why not I know. What's the point of saying, I'll be bad at that? Well, and this is what I was going to say too, is I've lived by the phrase, make yourself proud for so long. And I, you know, I know I say it a lot, but stick with me here. I was thinking, if you want to be more confident in a certain area, learn about it. Mm -hmm. And like, even with directions, I'm always like, oh, I'm so bad at directions. I don't know where I, you know, I never know where I am in LA. I always have to look at my maps, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is that I don't make that a priority. It's not like yeah. I'm sitting down studying the maps every day, which as we know with our trivia fail, I should yeah. be. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's like have you, the confidence that if you wanted to be good at something, you could you, get good at it. Yes. I'm like, I'm more than confident to know if I with driving, it's all these stereotypical things that it's like, oh, girls are bad at that. It's like with driving, directions, any of yes. that stuff, 
I have full confidence that if I put my energy into that and prioritize like becoming a really good driver, know my directions, I could absolutely do that. And instead of just going around life being like, oh, I'm just, I'm just a girl. I'm just a bad driver. Yeah. I'm just bad. It's like, well, then that's what, that's what you're going to be then. Yeah. Like, exactly. And I think that, um, well, I was talking to Nick about that later because I was telling him, I'm like, now when I'm around and when people start talking about, especially guys, I mean, I love guys. Don't get me wrong. Especially when guys will start talking about something like super like manly or like, you know, quote unquote hard that they do. Like, I just like to kind of push the buttons and be like, yeah, I think I could do that. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm sure you yeah. can do that. And I'm like, I'm sure I could. Yeah. Again, not that I could pick it up tomorrow and be amazing at it, but like that it could be something that I could accomplish, yeah. you know? And I was thinking, even with pickleball, because we have, well, at least I have it in my mind that like, if we were to beat the boys, if yeah. me and you were to beat Nick and Leif, it would be luck. Like yeah. at this point, that's in my head. It's yeah. like, yeah, we're not as good as them. Yeah. We, it would be luck. But I was thinking, I'm like, imagine, I'm not going to do this because I'm not yeah. that dedicated. But what if for two months straight, you and I go every morning, go every morning <laughs> at 5.30 a.m. Yeah. for two hours and, and we play, pra- practice pickleball. I guarantee you after two months, we could be yes. done. And I was thinking, it's it's just that it's it's give your energy to things that you want to prioritize and you can be yeah. really good at them. And and again, the result doesn't even matter at that point. No. Like even if we didn't beat them, it's like, who cares? We know that we're we good at it. We improved so yeah. much too from doing that. And that's the beauty of it. It's not like I can. And then I, if, you know, you say, I can do this, like I can run a multi-million dollar business. If you start to say that, it starts to feel more like a possibility than always in the back of your mind saying like, oh, I could never do that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be nice. I wish I could do that. I hope I can do that. But being like, I can do that is a lot more empowering, even though it's just one little word. And oh, what was I just going to say about, oh, I was talking to Nick about this concept. I was saying like, I'm just going to do that. I just like to do it around people, like just to see, you know, how I can push their buttons. <laughs> Great motive. <Yeah. laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. just to, you know, I yeah. grew up with brothers. So I'm like, that's how I show people I love them, <laughs> pushing their buttons. But Nick was like, well, it can be offensive because people, you know, say someone went to med school and they're a doctor and you're like, oh, I could do that. And that, inva- I'm like, and he's like, and then that feels invalidating to them that you, you know, because what if someone said like, oh, I could do your podcast easy. And I'm like, then do what's it. the harm? What is the harm yeah. in someone else being able to do it? Good for you. I'm glad that you could do it. Right. Like, I'm sure you could. I'm I'm happy that you think that way about you. And if that's something you wanted to do, I would hope that you would do it. If somebody else is threatened by someone else being able to do their job. Exactly. Th- that's not my problem. It's no. like, that's that's their problem. Also, yeah, it's like, then do it. There's not, that's, and yeah. not saying in a spiteful way. It's like, yeah. you should do it then. If yeah. you literally think like, if you want to start a podcast, then absolutely. Well, yeah. And exactly. It's like, even if I say, oh, I could do that. And a doctor is sitting here like, yeah, right. You couldn't. It's so hard. It's like, I'm not saying it isn't hard. I'm not saying this, but why are you so like set on me, making me feel like I wouldn't be able to do that? Yeah. What's, you, what's your beef with me? Exactly. Like, that you want me to feel that way. You it's, should be like, you probably could. Yeah. Like it is hard, but you could do it. Yeah. It's insecurity. But you know what? Those That's are the best kind of people that say that. Like you could totally do that. Yes. Like even that. about something hard that they've done, it's like, no, like they literally, you know, hike Mount Everest and they're talking to someone. It's like, oh, I could never do that. Yeah. And it's like, no, I, oh, you could. You could. Yeah. It's like, wow. What be a that great kind of quality. Person. What a great quality. PSA, fellow mouth breathers. <laughs> if you're a mouth breather, aka you open your mouth to breathe and, you know, during the night your mouth's open. It looks really cute. I'm a targeted ad for you right now. But really anyone can benefit from this. If you guys remember, we had Dr. Madahi on our show. He is one of the founders of this brand called Lumino and they make amazing 
oral essentials products. So they have like bamboo toothbrushes that Leif and I both use. And I know Chelsea uses them too. Um, great toothpaste. Their hydrating mouthwash is the real game changer. Yes. Um, absolutely love it. It will help so much with dry mouth, which a lot of people actually suffer from. If you want to go back and listen to our episode with him, you should. But basically these products are just awesome. And I've recommended them to my whole family. Yes. I've also got my entire family to buy them and I will be giving them in stockings this year. Yes. Um, so how can you get your most beautiful smile? You may be asking, well, You shouldn't really be asking that because we just told you. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is Lumina Oral Essentials, non-toxic, balancing, and refreshing products that don't just whiten, they brighten. After all, a beautiful smile isn't just white teeth. It's rejuvenated gums, a healthy microbiome, and... What more could we ask for than a beautiful smile? The answer at last. Backed by science and loved by customers across the country, Lumino is actually the number one selling teeth whitening product on Amazon with over 5,000 five-star reviews. And I can attest to the wonder of these whitening strips, especially if you have sensitive teeth. So go see what all the fuss is about and experience your best oral health with Lumino. Go to oralessentials.com and get 15% off your first order with code what we said. That's oralessentials.com and you get 15% off your first order with code what we said. It will be linked in the show notes. So I wrote a blog post recently for Balance Boss that's going to be on our site soon. And it's actually about overthinking and how Yay. to stop overthinking. So I thought I'd share a few of my tips for you guys. So The first thing is I said, if you label yourself as a perfectionist or an overthinker, my first advice is for you to stop doing that. Stop putting labels on yourself and telling yourself all the time, well, I'm just perfectionist. Because to be honest, that's, that is an excuse. And I've used it many, many times. That's how I know that because our words have a lot of power. So if you keep telling yourself over and over, same concept as I'm not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. It's going to be really hard for you to wake up in the morning. You know? Yes. None of us are born as an overthinker. These are learned patterns. These are learned behaviors. So it's not something that you can't, you know, work on is the first thing I want you guys to know. And you can't unlearn habits. Sometimes it takes a long time, but you definitely can. So it's like you were saying about it just draining your energy and being actually incredibly bad for your mental health and your physical health. I just wanted to like harp on that a little bit more because it really isn't just like a simple little like, oh, I overthink and I'm always so stressed. Hee hee. It's like, if it's affecting your life in a negative way, let's try and, you know, mm-hmm. help it. Well, with that, uh, going off of what you just said about, um, you know, that's a learned pattern, mm-hmm. is um, one of the saboteurs from the book Positive Intelligence by Shirzad Shamin is um, called Hypervigilant. And I just want to read the description really fast because it goes along right with what you're saying and kind of talking about how this is something we've learned. Like it's something in us that's not who we are. It's not part of us. It's an outside thing that is coming and sabotaging us. It's intent. And again, it's better to like label as something that's not you. Like you were saying, like, right. I am not hypervigilant. Like I have, you know, hypervigilant saboteur comes and sometimes messes me up, but that's not who I am. Like Mm -hmm. I can, you know, defeat it basically. Um, It's continuous intense anxiety about all the dangers and what could go wrong. Vigilance that can never rest. So actually this does occur for like, oh, if you're driving, you're always scared of like what's going to hit you or something. But Mm -hmm. also in social situations, like what's going to go wrong? When you're about to public speak, you're always thinking about like, what if I pee my pants? What if I throw up? What if I, you know, burp into the microphone? It's like you have so many things that go through your head. And the characteristics, he defines them as always anxious with chronic doubts about self and others, extraordinary sensitivity to danger signals, constant expectation of mishap or danger, suspicious of what others are up to, people mess up, 
you think like people just mess up, mm-hmm. might seek reassurance and guidance in procedures, rules, authorities, institutions, and the thoughts that you will have um, if you, you know, hypervigilant is, is one of your saboteurs. When is the other shoe going to drop? If I make a mistake, I fear everyone is going to jump down my throat. I want to trust people, but I find myself suspicious of their motives. I need to know what the rules are, although I might not always follow them. Um, you'll feel skeptical, cy- even cynical, often anxious and highly vigilant, obviously. Um, and this is the most interesting part of this book is he gives you like justification lies that you'll tell yourself like, well, this is good that I'm like this. Mm. And it's life is full of dangers. If I don't look out for them, who will? Like I have to look out for these. That's the lie that it's telling you. Um, And it's a hard way to live. Basically, he says impact on self and others. Constant anxiety burns a great deal of vital energy that could otherwise be put to great use. Loses credibility due to the crying wolf phenomenon. Others begin to avoid the hypervigilant as the intensity of the energy drains them. 100% Mm -hmm. like people that you're around that are like that. You're like, I'm getting stressed out. (laughs) Spooked. And this is the part that kind of goes along with what you're saying about, you know, this is something that's learned. The hypervigilant often comes from early experiences where the source of safety and security, maybe a parental figure, was unpredictable and unreliable. It could also result when painful, unexpected events proved life to be threatening or unreliable. Mm. And they were saying something you can do to help this is identify like why you're like this, which I think is a great way to do combat anything is understanding why, like you're saying, but maybe paying attention to the things like the verbiage that happens in your head. And they said like, notice if that's similar to something else, like your parents used to say, or like people Mm -hmm. around you used to say, and it's just been programmed that that's how people think. So this is an example. And and I don't know necessarily if it's hypervigilant, but Like if your parents are always saying like, I can't afford that. I can't afford that. And that's all you hear growing up. And now when you're older, no matter what your money circumstances, you're always thinking, I can't afford that because that's the saying that you've heard growing up. Yeah. Yeah. And just identifying that. Yeah. Well, going just along with that, like my number one, the the first tip that I had for stopping this cycle of overthinking is replace your thoughts and like just notice your thoughts in the first place. Like notice when you're saying sorry all the time and you're, you know, mm-hmm. notice when you're having a negative what if thought, like what if this goes wrong and try and replace it with a positive one. Like what if it does work out? And that's for, I just think of people who message us and want to start a podcast or something. And they're like, oh, but like, you know, they have what all these people doubts. don't listen. Yeah. And it's like, but what if people do? Exactly. Like what if it actually is such a great thing in your life and you have so much fun and like you're so happy you did it. Like yeah. it's very rare that we think of positive what ifs. So I think that's super powerful. Obviously not always super easy to just flip a switch like that, but um, just thinking about what could go right yeah. is like super important. Putting more weight in the best case scenario. Yeah. And then the important part with that though is not having emotional attachment and expectations to that. Yes. So, because then you're going to get disappointed if you don't get a ton of listens and it's like, oh, well, I tried to be positive and then it like, yeah. I didn't get listens. So well, now that, what? That's why the verbiage of like, what if this does go right is the best verbiage to almost have. Cause that's more of an intention than this better go right or else. Yes. It's like, oh, this better get listens or else I'll be sad. It's like, what if we literally get a million downloads right now? Like yeah. the first day, you know, it's like, what if that's Could a better, happen? yeah. What if, you know, that's not putting too much attachment on that. Yeah. Okay. The second thing is let go of the past. And the past cannot be altered. Um, we've all made mistakes. We've fallen short. We have not reached certain goals that we've set out to reach. But there's what do, what's done is done. And truly, there's no use in like expending all this energy just being like, I wish I wouldn't have done that or I wish I would have done that. And that's 
that's one way to overthink is like always, like you said, you go to a party and then afterwards it's like, oh my gosh, I wish. And it just wastes so much of your energy. Yeah. So just trying as hard as you can to just let the past be the past. Like now is now. And even if you've failed a million times on these goals you've set or whatever the case may be, today's a new day. Yeah. So what if this time it works? Yeah. Let's start today. Stop spending so much time on your phone, plain and simple. Um, if you genuinely still working on that one, still working on that. Been a couple of years, but still working on that one. <laughs> but really, it's like live in the moment more and go on a walk, hang out with your friends. Like, I really don't believe that as human beings, we were meant to consume this much and or this much like content every day and see what you know thousands of people are doing with their day every day with their day. It's like I really don't think that our minds are equipped for that. Yeah. Um, I agree. So if you are going to be on your phone though, make sure you're following people that uplift you that you really like. And truly I've said that a million times, but it really is key. Like you want to be in following people who inspire you, who uplift you. I have muted so many people on Instagram that I'm just like, no, it, it could be, they don't even necessarily bother me. It's just like, I don't want to be watching a thousand people's Instagram stories every day. Because then at that point, I feel like I'm not even living my own life. I'm mm-hmm. just watching other people live theirs. Exactly. And I would rather just, I mean, also self-control comes into place where it's like into play where you, you know, shouldn't just be on your phone all day anyway. So you don't necessarily have to mute them if you have maybe more self-control, but just limiting your time on your phone so that you can live your own life and go after your own things. And you're not super concerned about what other people are doing all the time. Okay. Just a few more things. Do a brain dump. So just like take out a journal, dump out all your thoughts. I do this at night. It helps me sleep so much better. I think I said this at the beginning, potentially. I've always considered myself an overthinker. Yeah. I've always considered myself a perfectionist. Like these tips are all coming from a place of like, I have been there and still am in that place a lot of times. So um, for me, someone who just like, my thoughts are always racing. I have so many thoughts at night. I always make a uh, notes on my phone. And I just like dump out all my thoughts, like everything that I can think of that I want to remember for the next day. That way I can just sleep and be like, okay, it's all written down. Like I'm not going to forget anything. It's all good. And yeah, it just like allows your mind to clear. Even sometimes if I'm stressed, I've had this where I've just been so stressed in the middle of the day. And I just have so many thoughts that I just, again, go to my iPad or my phone and I just start writing all these notes, like all of my thoughts. Okay. I need to do this. I've been stressed about this, blah, blah, blah. And then once I just get it all out, I'm like, okay. I can breathe. It's like out of my mind for a second. And now I can like conquer each of the things that are stressing me out. Okay. And then I love this quote by Tony Robbins. It's identify your problems, but give your power and energy to solutions. And I think like we've said, it's so important to know like where your problems lie and like why and understanding them. But we need to be putting more energy into how we are solving these problems and how we're going to move forward it's again, kind of just goes back to focusing on positive always. And I think a big part of that, like something that I notice gets hard for me when I am overthinking about something is I'm like trying so hard. I think everyone can relate to this. Like you just said, with focusing on the past, it's like you're, for example, if I'm thinking about something that I said or a joke, I said that, you know, I was like, oh, that didn't land or that, that was so awkward or so cringe or like too far, whatever and thinking about it and like almost by obsessing over it in my mind, I'm trying to figure out a way to like, I'm just figuring out a way to try and change the past. But when you acknowledge that you can't change the past, like that's an actually really powerful thing to do is when you're actually in your mind, you're like, I cannot change what happened. Like that's, it's over. It's over. And it's, it actually doesn't even exist anymore. 
It's the past. It doesn't exist. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like the future and the past don't exist in this moment right now. The only thing that exists is right now. Mm-hmm. So that actually makes me feel a lot better when I kind of do that and I bring awareness to my thoughts. When you start to resist, like, I don't want to think about what I said last night. I don't want to keep thinking about this. What you resist persists. Mm -hmm. So bringing awareness to those thoughts that you're having, those like obsessive thoughts that you're having. And what is it like? Don't fight it. Just write it. Like write it out like a wave. It's like urges with, you know, it's a big thing with binge eating disorder, trigger warning if you, you know quickly talking about eating disorders, when you are, you know, resisting an urge, the worst thing to do is obsess about the urge that Mm -hmm. you're having is to, you know, you have to bring awareness to like, okay, I'm having an urge. I'm just going to write it out. I'm just going to give it like five minutes and like not saying I'm going to do anything after those five minutes or not. I'm just going to give it a five, give it five minutes. I'm going to go take a walk or I'm going to take a bath or I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to call my mom or whatever it is and not putting too much, you know, if you, if I tell you to stop thinking about a purple dog, it's like, you're going to start thinking about a purple dog. So I think that's really important to remember as well. I agree. I just wanted to share like briefly, I guess my experience with overthinking, which it's no surprise. I've shared stuff like this many times, but Um, I just think a lot of my overthinking specifically comes from comparing myself with other people that I see on social media or just taking in a lot of information and content every single day. And I don't know if other people can relate to this. I feel like even you can relate to this in some degrees. I know we're different in a lot of ways, like, you know, with this specific topic, but I just see so many, you know, influencers on my feed every day, sharing their content in different ways. It starts to make me second guess and overthink what I'm sharing. And like, the way I'm sharing it. And, you know, should I be doing more stories? Like, but people are maybe will be annoyed by that. So maybe I need to do less. Like this is a cute picture, but I don't really know what caption would go with it. Like, what about this caption? And eh, that's kind of like not very relatable. Like this edit is cute, but it doesn't really go with my feed. Yeah. Um, I wish I could post this, but I know the engagement would be just terrible on it. Like all of those thoughts I have all the time. Like, yeah, I genuinely think about that kind of stuff all the time. And I feel like the only way to combat that, I mean, there's, there's different ways, but one of the main things is just, sometimes you just got to stop looking at other people's stuff all the time for me specifically. It's like, yeah, I can be like, oh, I only get on Instagram for this amount of time. And like, I do this and that. But at the end of the day, it's like, when I'm focused on other people, I'm just going to start thinking those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to just be like, I got to take a break. Like I got to stop looking at what everyone else is doing and put my blinders on and just do what works for me. Yeah. I had a whole thing on my Instagram like a few months ago where I was just like, okay, this month we're doing a stop overthinking challenge where you just post what you want. Stop thinking about, is it too annoying? Or, you know, like, does this match with my feed? Like I said, are these too many stories? Are people going to be annoyed? Blah, blah, blah. Just post it. If you like it, just post it. Yeah. And it was so ironic because I swear it was like a sign because I started doing this And honestly, like my engagement is like, it fluctuates a lot from like story views and everything, but it felt like just a sign because when I started doing that more and I was like, you know, for that month, I, I tried to be more intentional about that, where I would, I would have one of those thoughts where I'm like, eh, I don't know. And I'm like, nope, cutting it off. Like I want, I'm going to post it because I like it. And I, my story views like went up and I remember being like, Again, you're not always going to see results like that, but I felt like that was a sign yeah. that I was like, I just got to be me. Like, why am I trying so hard to see what other people are doing and like getting self-conscious about the way I'm sharing things? Like just, you just got to be you. Yeah. 
And I don't know. I hope that can help someone else who maybe is in the same like situation. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. And I think something that um, your dad actually always says, like when I talk about that in terms of, you know, even podcast interviews or with my clients, like whenever I start thinking too much about like, is what I'm going to say going to make sense? Is what I, you know, I want to say something that makes me sound smart. I want to say something that, you know, will really, you know, when I'm thinking all about me, like I'm thinking how I'm going to come across in my mind, I'm not thinking I'm being like self-absorbed or selfish, Mm -hmm. but, um, he always says like, when you're just focused on service to other people, you will succeed. First of all, you'll feel way happier. And, And like, ever since I started, I actually talked a little bit about that on when I was on Lauren Elizabeth's podcast, but ever since I started doing that, I feel like me interviewing people has gotten a million times better me with my clients, like my coaching has gotten a million times better when I just remind myself before I hop on a call, I don't prep too much exactly why I don't do the notes. Cause it's like, I don't want to worry about, am I going to sound, am I going to mess up my words? Am I going to remember this? It's like, when I just focus on serving somebody and like you're saying with, even by you just saying, you guys, we're going to not overthink. And it's like, you probably in the moment were like, I just want to help people get over this too, because it yeah. sucks. And it's like, that's actually the key to success, but you won't even care at that point because right. you're just you're not overthinking it and you're just worried about, you know, serving other people and service doesn't have any kind of judgment. It doesn't have right. any kind of overthinking. It's just like doing something regardless of who they are, why the, why you're doing it or anything. Yeah, it has no agenda. Yeah. You're just doing it. Yeah, to help and because you love it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I feel like another little thing just to kind of end is like taking action on things. It's kind of like I was saying about making yourself proud and just like, you know, doing the work on something specific if you want to get better at that because it really, you have everything, obviously we say this, like you have everything you need inside of you and you you have everything you need to be a confident, amazing person as you are, like literally right now. I've said before, like motivation comes from action. And I feel like with all this stuff, when you're overthinking things and you're in the heat of the moment, you can't even start on things because you're just so stressed out about like what could happen, what's not going to happen. And a lot of us just don't take action on things we actually really want to do just because we're scared. Yeah. And like we, or we want our results to be perfect. Like we have really high expectations or we think we're going to fail. And if you just start doing things, like just start just action. This is something I talk to Leif a lot about because he gets in these like perfectionistic mindsets where he he wants it to be like he'll want videos to be literally like perfect a cinematic masterpiece and I'm just like just start just and he's like I just don't even know how to edit, edit like that like I don't even know how to yeah begin and I'm like just start just start throwing something together if you hate it he was like looking at um doing this like color grading course to get better and I'm like that's what we need to be doing it's mm-hmm. like instead of just sitting around or like complaining or being like, oh, well, I'm just not good at that. It's like, then get good at it. There's a lot of things in this world that like, again, if you prioritize, you can get good at. And that's going to boost your confidence. It's going to make you feel proud of yourself that you did that. Yeah. And and we all have what we have or what we need inside of us. Like, I'm not saying you have to go, you know, if you want to be confident, you have to go take courses. I'm just saying do things every day to make yourself proud and, and you will feel that your confidence is boosted. 100%. And the last thing I will say about this in general and and confidence is, you know, sometimes people can fake a confidence where some people are like, what about fake it till you make it? And it's like, I see nothing wrong with that. If you're going to fake it until you make it, great. And you can fake it as long as you want. 
But I think even just doing things, like you were saying, like just acting like it, even that's why um, affirmations work because you're putting yourself in the position and you're giving yourself the opportunity to feel that good feeling of confidence. Even if you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, I love myself. I love my body. Like I love my stomach, whatever area, you know, you don't actually like the, in your mind. If you tell yourself that you're opening yourself up to the possibility of liking it. And when you start focusing on what you can like and what you already are and accepting that and getting rid of the shoulds and getting rid of like what you think it should look like or what you think you should be doing in life or what you think, you know, some somebody was like, what, what should I do in a workplace where, you know, I'm really young and everyone's a lot more experienced than me and everybody, you know, is older than me. And I just feel like, you know, young and immature, just that's the situation. And you're trying to shut on it. You're, you're thinking in your mind, like, I wish I was older and more experienced. Like I, I don't like that. They treat me, you know, I think they treat me less than they don't take my ideas as seriously. Accepting things as they are is going to make you feel good. And when you feel good, you're going to think good thoughts and you're going to do good thoughts and you're going to do good things. Yeah. And that's literally the recipe to a happy life is being in the moment, bringing awareness to your thoughts and just being present. And then you're going to feel good. You're going to have a clear mind. So you're going to think good thoughts and then you're going to do good things and then you're going to be happy. And you're going to be fun to be around. Yeah. I feel like that's like, I was thinking about this. I, I think it was all, I think it was on Danny's birthday. I don't know if you guys know Danny. She's a good friend of ours. We do photo oh, yeah, shoots I together all the time. Post. And wait, no, it was a text I sent to her. Oh. <laughs> like, They're going to talk about her post because it was so good. Oh. Um, well, I had texted her and I, and I said, I think it was on her birthday, but I was saying, I'm like, something that I admire so much about you is that you never talk badly about yourself. Yeah. And I was thinking, I'm like, she probably doesn't even think of like, she was like, no one's ever told me that. And I was thinking like, she just is that person. Yeah. But it's cool that like I see that in her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that happens a lot with like, I don't know, just if you are being your best self, like other people notice. Yeah. So. So if you want the recognition of others. <laughs> I'm like, if you want the validation. Then you'll you get happiness. Nice. No, but I'm saying like, yeah. it's more fun to be around people like that than yes. someone who's like constantly complaining about themselves or just being like, oh, I'm so bad at that. I'm yes. so, whatever. Like I consider Danny to be just like the funniest, most like yes. confident and like strong woman because she just is like. And great to be around. And so fun to be around. Yeah. She's just doing her thing. Exactly. In your own vocabulary, like if you take nothing else from this episode, start saying can more than you start saying can't. Like even if you don't believe it in the moment, like if you're, you know, I can love, even if you think like I can't get in shape, like I can't stick to this workout routine, just say I can. Like what is the harm in yeah. saying I can't? There's because, only harm in saying I can't. Exactly. And I think the reason that people do think it, there is going to be harm is because they do attach expectation to it. So yeah. they're like, they would rather, again, play it safe and just be like, oh, I can't do that. So that yeah. then when they prove themselves right, it's like, oh, yeah, I knew. I knew yeah. I couldn't. Instead of like taking that risk and being like, I can. And again, not placing these very specific expectations, but being like, what if? Yeah. What if I actually did stick to this yeah. like for once? That would be so amazing. Yeah. And then just go for it yeah. and see what happens. Truthfully, believing in yourself is going to take you so far and to do it is not as complicated as you think because you already have all the abilities to do so and they're already inside of you. The saboteurs that, that are coming at you, whether it is hypervigilance or maybe it's like, you know, perfectionist or stickler or whatever it is, I highly suggest you read the book. It's really good. Positive Intelligence by Shirzad Shamin. But those are just clouding you from understanding like who you actually are and all of the potential that you have. And if you get rid of those things and you're focusing on who you actually are and that is like 
service. And I just want to like serve people. I want to make other people feel good. I want them to have good feelings. Like yeah. you are going to feel so good. You're yes. going to have the happiest life. Like, and it doesn't matter what your life looks like in terms of circumstances, you will have a happy life. I yeah. promise you. I want to end with one very quick thing that I saw on Instagram that I think I reposted. And it said something to the effect of there are people out there doing the things that you want to do. And I think it maybe even no more qualified than you. Yeah. That are no more qualified than you are to do them. And the reason they're doing them, I cannot remember how it was phrased, but it's like, just they believe they could. Yeah. It's because they believed in themselves and they just went for it. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so true. Like anyone, I'm telling you a lot of these girls who message us are like, I want to start a podcast. I want to start a YouTube channel. Do it, please. Like you are just as capable as anyone else of doing that. And like, if you believe in yourself and you put in the time and work, I have no doubt that you can have a successful podcast or a YouTube channel. Yeah. And, but people just don't even try. Mm -hmm. So then they don't. Or they go into it with the thought like, well, I could never succeed. So yeah, like I'm going to try, but in the back of my mind, subconsciously, I know that I can't do this. And that's something I, I do with my clients at the beginning when we go through the, all the areas of life. And then I, and I tell them to kind of make objective, which is like the big idea, not qualitative or not quantitative, just qualitative. And I make them say in the first person. And when they're saying like, okay, so in six months I wake up every morning and I meditate for 30 minutes and I do this and they go through all these things that they, their first instinct is to say like, I want to do this and mm-hmm. I will be doing this. I want to be doing this. I hope I'm doing this. And then after they say it, like, I'm waking up and they start feeling like I'm that person. They're like, oh, the possibility's there. I feel it. Like totally. that feeling in my chest is a possibility that that can be me. Instead of saying, I hope I one hope day one I day. can start this podcast. Just do it. Just try it, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. We we looked at our analytics recently. I think it was 97% women. We love to see it. Yes. On our what we said Instagram. And Speaking then all the husbands which, and boyfriends and other guys who listen, we love and appreciate you. You're, you're, um, Few and what's that? Few and far between. Yes. You're gems. You're a diamond in the rough. Yes. Um, speaking over what we said, podcast Instagram. Go check it out. Go follow along if you want to be updated on like merch, upcoming upcoming things. Uh, you know, big Some things. Fun stuff. Some fun things. And if you want to be notified when we do episodes, you know, where we ask for your stories, we get your, you guys involved a lot. So anyway, go follow along at What We Said Podcast if you're interested. But thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I know I'm feeling, I'm feeling, feeling good. good. I'm, I'm feeling, ready to crush the boys and put yes, the wall. Yes. <laughs> a, a very strong expectation. I'm like, if I don't if, win. If I don't crush <laughs> them, I'll be sad. Um, yeah. We'll stay tuned for that. I have good feelings going into tonight's pickleball match. Same. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to give our podcast a rating and review if you haven't already. We read them all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we really appreciate you guys for real. Um, So you can do that on the Apple Podcast app. You guys can always listen on Spotify. But thank you so much. And we will see you next Tuesday. And that's That's what what we said. said. Goodbye. (laughs)